the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Sheep are timid, easily frightened and confused. But through Christ, we become conquering sheep. And here the Lord transforms sheep into war horses, prepared for battle. Only God can do that. Take a sheep, make it a war horse. Take you, form you into the image of Christ. Take me, form me into the image of Christ. Only God can do that. God is in the business of redemption. He can take the lowly and lift them high. He takes the outcast and gives them a home. He turns mourning into dancing and a spirit of heaviness into a song of thanksgiving. No one would ever choose a sheep to ride into battle, but as Pastor Dan teaches today, God will turn that timid sheep into a fierce war horse, ready to charge the enemy. God wants to transform us all into His image. On our own, we are all just sheep, but in Him, we find our full potential as war horses. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Well, this final section of Zechariah that begins in chapter 9 is filled with many, many messianic prophecies about both the first and second coming of Jesus Christ. As I've mentioned before, Zechariah has more messianic prophecies than any other Old Testament book, with the exception of Isaiah. Chapter 9, the, the prophecy about the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem On Palm Sunday, riding on the donkey, entering Jerusalem, it was the only time in his ministry that Jesus presented himself as king of the Jews, and it fulfilled the prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And we continued in chapter 10, and in chapter 10, chapter 10 looks ahead to the kingdom age, and it looks ahead to the future restoration of Israel. Look at verse 1. Again, looking ahead to the kingdom age, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain, and the Lord will make flashing clouds, lightning. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Now, ancient Israel did not have a major water source to irrigate their crops, and that's important here to understanding the life that God called the people of Israel To live, they had to rely upon rain from God to water their crops. And I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 11, because this is a really, it's a really important sticking point in the history of Israel. 
the importance of rain, living in the promised land. Right? And for us, as New Testament believers, the promised land is a picture of the spirit-filled life. It's not a picture of heaven. Because there's giants in the promised land and there's walled cities to conquer in the promised land. That's not heaven. In heaven, there's not going to be any giants to fight or walled cities to conquer. Praise the Lord for that. The promised land is a picture of the spirit-filled life. And rain is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so here in Deuteronomy chapter 11, before God even brings the children of Israel into the promised land, he tells them in Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 10. So this is when they're still in the wilderness. They haven't gone in yet. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt, from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and you watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain. We'll talk about that in a moment. That you may gather in your grain, your new wine and your oil, and I will send grass in your fields for your livestock, that you may eat and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord is giving you. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul and bind them as a sign on your hand, meaning everything you put your hands to do, be thinking of my word, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, always at the forefront of your thoughts. You shall teach them to your children. You shall speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Talk about God's commands all the time in your home. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Your home should be a place where the word of God is honored. That your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. And you can stop right there. If you look back in verse 10, he tells them the land that I'm giving you, the promised land, is not like the land of Israel where, where they were slaves for hundreds of years and where they labored for hundreds of years. He says this promised land, it's not like Egypt from which you have come where you sowed your seed and you watered it by foot, right? Egypt was flat and Egypt had the Nile river. And so in Egypt, they had a constant water source. And so in Egypt, because they had this constant water source in the Nile river, they actually dug canals to irrigate their crops and just, diverted water into their fields 
using a canal system. And he talks about that you watered it by foot. They actually created pumping systems, so to speak, to get the water out into their fields. And so in Egypt, they could rely upon their own ingenuity and their own human strength to water the crops. The promised land is not going to be anything like that. The promised land, you're going to have to rely upon rain from God. Verse 11, the promised land requires a life of faith and obedience to God. The promised land will require dependence upon God for your survival. And God wants all of us to live a life of faith. But we all kind of want to live a life that is dependent upon our own ingenuity, right? And our own ability and our own strength, where we're kind of in control of how things go. That's Egypt. That's how the world works. Egypt is a picture of the world. He is taking them into a land that requires them to live by faith. And he's taking them into a land that requires them to walk in obedience to God. And if they walk in obedience to God, God promises to send rain upon the land. Now, go back to Zechariah. That's an important principle as you read through the Old Testament and you see rain or you see drought. You see drought quite a bit. Why does God send a drought? It's a sign of their disobedience when he sends a drought. Now, back in Zechariah chapter 10, verse 1, again, and the Lord asked the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the fields for everyone. Now, Israel has what they call the early rain and the latter rain. The early rain comes in the early fall and the early rain prepares the soil for planting. It softens the hard soil. So that it's easier to plant your crops. The latter rain comes in the springtime. Usually from March to May. And the latter rain ripens the grain for harvest. And so the latter rain helps to produce a bigger crop or a better crop. And here the Lord, it says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. And the Lord will give them showers of rain and grass in the field for everyone. Now, previous to the captivity, the children of Israel looked to idols to provide rain for their crops and not the Lord. They looked to Baal to water their crops. If you remember the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal in the days of Elijah, the prophet, the people looked to Baal because they believed that Baal caused the rain to fall. And that Baal blesses your crops with rain. And so they began to worship Baal and sacrifice to Baal, hoping he would send rain upon their crops. So what did the Lord God Jehovah do? He sent a drought upon the land for three years. And it is an agrarian society. It's an agrarian economy. Three years of drought destroyed the nation's economy. And the economy of the nation was just Wiped out because they're, they're looking to Baal to send rain. And even after the economy of the nation was destroyed by drought, the people continued to trust in Baal. They continued on the same path that ruined their nation. And they didn't turn back to the Lord. Here, Zechariah is looking ahead to the kingdom age when Israel will not look to idols, but Israel will look to the Lord, Yahweh, and ask him 
for rain in the time of the latter rain, and he will give them showers of rain. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Verse 2, For the idols speak delusion, the diviners envision lies, and tell false dreams. They comfort in vain. Therefore, the people wander their way like sheep. They are in trouble. Look what it says now. Because there is no shepherd. Before the captivity, the people of Israel, as I said, they looked to idols. And they looked to idols to guide them instead of the word of God. Let me ask you a question. What guides your life? Who do you look to for answers? I hope it's the word of God. The people of Israel, they look to idols. They look to false gods to guide them. And so look at verse two again. They ended up listening to delusion. Delusion. The word delusion, it means nonsense. The New Living Translation says worthless advice. Now it sounded good. It sounded right. It was presented well, but it was really just worthless advice and nonsense that can't really help you or transform your life like the word of God. They listen to delusion. They listen to lies. They listen to falsehood and vain comfort or empty comfort that was no comfort at all. And listen, listen. It was the shepherds. It was the shepherds of Israel, the leaders who declared the delusion, who declared nonsense to the people instead of the word of God and lies and falsehood and offered the people empty comfort. It was the shepherds of Israel the leaders of Israel that led the people astray with their teachings. Look at the end of verse two again, because of these false and deceptive leaders, the people ended up wandering like sheep. They had no direction. They were lost because of their shepherds. It says they are in trouble because there is no shepherd. They had false shepherds who fed them nonsense and lies and poison. And they lacked godly leaders who fed them the word of God. And that's how they ended up in trouble as a nation. When Jesus in his ministry, when he comes on the scene, Matthew chapter nine, verse 36, it says, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. 
Now, they, they had false shepherds. They had the religious leaders who were feeding them nonsense that left them weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. One of the other gospels says that he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep having no shepherd. And he began to teach them. He began to teach them the word. First Peter 5, Peter says to the church leaders, feed the flock of God, which is among you. Feed them. Feed the word of God to them. Second Timothy chapter four, Paul writes to Timothy, who's a pastor, preach the word, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth. And be turned aside to fables, nonsense, worthless advice. Again, he says, preach the word. Because the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. What happened in Israel that led to their captivity? What happened in Israel that led to their exile? How did they go astray? The leaders of the nation departed from the word of God and began teaching nonsense. And lies to the people. Offering the people worthless advice. Instead of the truth of God's word. That happens in churches and denominations all the time. There's denominations that, that were once you know, boldly proclaiming the gospel, boldly proclaiming the truth of God's word. And if you go into them today, I mean, you'd be lucky if you find a Bible in the building, practically. This is what happened in Israel. And so verse 3 My anger is kindled against the shepherds. I will punish the goat herds for the Lord of hosts will visit his flock, the house of Judah, and will make them as his royal horse in the battle. The Lord here in in verse three, it's in all capital letters. So it's Yahweh, it's Jehovah. The Lord will visit his flock. Ezekiel 34 verse 12, the Lord God says, as a shepherd seeks out his flock, On the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. The Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, will visit his sheep. Remember Jesus said, John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. He's declaring that he's the Lord and he has come to visit his sheep and he gave his life for the sheep to rescue his sheep. And he says here, look at the verse again. He will make his sheep into war horses ready for battle. Again, I believe this is looking ahead to the kingdom age ultimately. But the the Lord does transform us and he prepares us for battle, doesn't he? Romans chapter 8 describes us as sheep who are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. We are described as conquering sheep. Which is kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? Sheep are timid, easily frightened and confused. But through Christ, we become conquering sheep. And here the Lord transforms sheep into war horses, prepared for battle. Only God can do that. Take a sheep, make it a war horse. Take you, conform you into the image of Christ. Take me. Conform me into the image of Christ. Only God can do that. 
Now look at verse four. Verse four begins from him. That is from Judah comes. Look what, look at this list. The cornerstone from him, Judah, the tent peg from him, the battle bow from him, every ruler together. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah and he's the cornerstone, the tent peg, the battle bow and over every ruler. He's the cornerstone. The cornerstone is the stone that is placed first. And then every other stone is lined up with the cornerstone. Jesus is the one by which everything is measured and aligned. He's our standard. Jesus is the cornerstone that we align our lives with and build our lives on. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious stone, a sure foundation. That's Jesus. The cornerstone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Psalm 118, verse 22. The stone which the builders rejected, he has become the chief cornerstone. Jesus was rejected and crucified. But he's the chief cornerstone. Jesus is also the tent peg that holds all things together securely. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17 says that Jesus is before all things and in him all things consist or all things are held together by Jesus. And aren't you grateful that Jesus is the tent peg of your life and that he holds everything together in your life and everything is secure and firm in him? Where would we be without him? Without our tent peg. Jesus is also the battle bow, the warrior who fights our battles for us. Isaiah 42, verse 13, the Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. Speaking of Jesus, when Jesus came the first time, he came to offer himself as a sacrifice and to die for our sins on the cross. When he comes again, he will come as a conquering king. And he will rule over all of the earth. The governments of this world will be put upon his shoulder. Revelation chapter 19 describes the return of Jesus Christ. Just listen to what it says. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it, he should strike the nations and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of almighty God And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the warrior. He's the battle bow. When Jesus returns, he will also be the ruler over every ruler. Just as we read, that I read to you in Revelation, he's the King of Kings. He's the Lord over all lords. 
At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him as Lord. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, one of the Old Testament books of prophecy. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in a personal way too. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. You'll also notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Or feel free to connect with us through our website. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.